I'm Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. And I'm Anthony Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. And this is Short-Term High Volatility Investments, your one-stop shop for sports betting and insights no matter what season is in full swing. And now, let's cash some tickets. In three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? This is Short-Term High Volatility Investments. My name is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets, alongside my main man, Ant Latino. You might know him as the Odds Fellow. We're two guys that love sports and love data, and we bring you some sports betting opportunities week in and week out right here on 1.37 p.m. We're currently 19-7-1 and in our NFL Best Bets in this podcast we are off our first losing week we're obviously fully transparent oh and two last week we don't like it and that's why we're calling it the bounce back and talk to the good people how we doing revenge spot revenge spot revenge spot that's what this is going to be we are fully dedicated to bringing the winners and getting back on track 19-7-1 still pretty good overall but i think uh we got some things to correct and that's what we're here to do right losses happen you get better amen and uh my loss wasn't even close, I don't think. It was just <laughs> just bad from the beginning and worse as the game went on. Mine toyed um, with that's... me. Mine was definitely a, a, an in-and-out type game. There was a point in the third quarter where I was rolling in every bet. Third quarter of the 4 p.m. slate, everything looked solid, and then uh, that did not end the same way. Yeah, I feel that. And, you know, witching hour has been uh, unkind these last few weeks. But, uh, you know, looked at a couple interesting things this week. I want to get into strength of schedule, uh, past versus future a little bit. Um, just try to, uh, you know, kind of articulate and, and understand which teams perhaps are overrated or underrated uh, versus the spread. And that is the angle that I took this week. Obviously, still going through Dave and DVOA from Football Outsiders, still looking at yards per play and points per play from TeamRanking.com. Uh, but again, wanted to, to really figure out who's overrated and who's underrated and then and then bet accordingly but before we dive into that and anything else you wanted to uh to touch upon and there was some pretty juicy storylines i feel like this week there are some good matchups there's some good storylines um you know i think right into thursday night football the game tomorrow night right when the podcast will drop thursday morning if you guys are listening to it so it could be a game tonight for you to target your first action of the week i'll ask the resident pats fan uh any Reaction to that rematch from the 28-3 to Super Bowl comeback? We got Falcons-Panthers Thursday Night mm-hmm. Football. Yeah, rematch of the 28-3. to The best comeback in Super Bowl history, people are saying. Uh, and I wish I still had my text messages from that night where non-Patriots fans were being like, ha-ha, suck it. <laughs> and I was like, believe, believe, believe. And what do we do? We pulled out the W. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think there's, know, a, there's, a, there's a good gambling here, right? Twitter, good gambling Twitter famous uh, video clip. Uh, Vegas Dave out at the Super Bowl, kind of touting his pick mm-hmm. mid-game, went horribly wrong. So yeah, we love that. You know, never celebrate a win until it's a win. Obviously, a lot can go That's wrong, right. especially in the NFL. And I think what's so interesting in the NFL is having a, a good conversation on Sunday is just the lack of possessions is what makes it so volatile, right? You're getting, <coughs> woo, excuse me, only a few possessions per quarter. So with such a small sample size in a small sample size season, like that's why people are, are, are just experiencing these ridiculous, ridiculous swings. And, you know, again, even in college basketball, there's so many more possessions. So things seem to normalize a little bit more and you have less outrageous outliers, uh, in my personal opinion. But neither yeah, 100%, there. I think I mean, it is going to be a, a really good game on Thursday. Look, I think you spoke about the possessions and it, it was also the Monday night game, I think, was that Jimmy G... The Mm -hmm. Niners offense under Kyle Shanahan, they really controlled the clock. Some of those possessions were very long. 
But I think I mean, the, the first biggest, one, dude, right? The, yeah, it was like seven or eight minutes, play, right? 11 minutes yeah. in a touchdown, 93 yards, like yeah. right there. I mean, obviously that's great football and that's exactly what they wanted to do. But nonetheless, like that sets up for, for just insane swings. Kind and, of and the, the one that burned me, I was on Tampa Bay uh, in the second half and I thought they would come back and, and win that game outright. They got a little bit closer, but then after scoring to cut the game, I guess within three points i think there was a two-point conversion or a missed extra point so it might have went to a, a four-point lead instead of a, a a three-point lead at that point but then the washington football team went ahead and ripped off a 10 or 11 minute drive capped in a touchdown you can't come back if tom brady doesn't have the ball so yeah. super interesting i think it's a good point um you know you might see that trend continue in week 11 yeah, I agree, man. And we got some pretty good games this week, you know, coming into the, even the four o'clock slate. Uh, Cowboys versus Chiefs, statement game for both. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys are leading the NFL in both points per game and yards per play, top four in both rushing and passing offense. But the Chiefs, I think, are looking to uh, looking to bounce back here. You know, one of those interesting things, which we'll get into in just a second, in terms of strength of schedule. The Chiefs had the eighth hardest strength of schedule coming into this week, and moving forward, they have the nineteenth nineteenth uh, hardest, so one of the easier ones moving forward. So, does that make uh, you know the Chiefs? Perhaps, obviously, you're a Cowboys fan, but and I don't think this is necessarily the the game to target the strength of schedule arbitrage. But it seems like right. one of those teams that maybe their lack of covering early is something that will then be overreacted to uh, for maybe be a strong finish to the season yeah 100 percent. i think they're probably a good buy low team um it's hard to say the chiefs and buy low in the same sentence because you may get some public overreaction sure. but even the mahomes and the mvp race was probably another place to target right if he does get going and he starts throwing three four five touchdown games uh per game again and they start winning uh a place i kicked myself for not jumping on them earlier two or three weeks ago um, even probably heading into this past week, was the futures market for the division. I think mm-hmm. they jumped as high as plus 200 maybe at some point, and that's when they were a couple games probably behind the Chargers or the Raiders. Um, a lot of those teams are now completely bunched up. Um, you know, Casey is now sitting there in sole possession of first place with, all, I think, all other three teams in the division losing this past mm-hmm. week. So yeah. uh, I do think they're going to right the ship. They've gotten healthier on defense, which I think is something you're going to see um, translate well. And it seems like they are taking a little bit more of what the defense is willing to give them. So a little bit more dink and dump, move down the field, maybe some of those longer drives you alluded to versus Mahomes forcing it, you know, because teams aren't blitzing down the field. Yeah, 100%, man. You look at the Raiders, right? They had the 27th easiest schedule uh, through through this week, the 10th moving forward. Uh, shout out to Bo in the chat here through week seven. The top five teams in the NFL, all the NFC were something like 30 and four. Those same teams are six and eight in the last three weeks. We look at the strength of schedule pass versus future. The Bills, the 32 ranked strength of schedule, easiest in the league so far moving forward. The 11th, the Rams, they had the 20th easiest in the league so far moving forward. They have the most challenging. The Colts, 30th moving forward, third. Uh, even the Bengals, 31 coming into this week, 13th moving forward. So it's a lot of these teams. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're not. I mean, I think they are more good than bad. But still, we're looking for you know inflated spots to try to capitalize on on misconceptions. And I think some of these big teams are uh, are going to be are going to be the, the areas to to hit those underdogs and, and why they're they're now not covering at such a high rate. Where we'll shall see. we go next? That is a good question. I know you've got a pick. I've got a pick. We've got two picks for you guys today. Um, let's let's jump in a little bit more to the strength of schedule here. I think there's you know the difficulty easy and the easy easy to difficult are two areas to target. And again, looking at weak strength of schedule coming in, 
versus tough moving forward as a team to potentially fade. And then teams that have had a, a tough strength of schedule so far moving into an easier strength of schedule the back half of this season uh, as potentially an area to target. So we touched upon a lot of these, you know, in theory, overrated or overvalued teams. Uh, that's going to be the Bills, 32 versus 11. The Rams, 20 versus 1. The Colts, 30 versus 3. Even the Steelers, 25th so far, and they haven't even looked good. They've got the seventh hardest schedule moving forward. The Raven, Raiders and the Bengals, both uh, kind of in the same spot here, 27th versus 10th. 31st versus 13th and the Falcons who also have struggled mightily 17th versus the second anything to make of that and are, are you going to use that in terms of your handicapping moving forward I do think it's a fair thing to look at because you you have to take into account too um, what it does to these teams and how they might look at some of that stuff knowing they need to go on a run or they need to hold the team off so I think when you do realize you know hey, I'm getting into that lull or that sweet spot, or if we get a win here and then we look ahead a little bit, we can go on a bit of a run. I mean, I think that's one thing you're going to see with Seattle, um, a team I'm going to talk about a little bit later. And I think if they get over the hump this week and then can kind of tee up on that middle of the road strength, the schedule they're going to have instead of the fourth most difficult that they've had overall, um, hey, does that help them mentally get on a little bit of a run here knowing if we cash in in one of these tougher games that we actually have, and then finish strong down the stretch. Can we get ourselves back into the playoff race? Yeah, for sure. And another team to highlight here is actually the Panthers as well. 21st easiest strength of schedule so far. Fourth hardest moving forward. So yeah. I think another team to potentially fade. I like the Washington football team plus three and a half. Actually already locked that in. That's not going to be an official podcast play, but that is posted in the Action Network. Uh, and Ant, let's look at the flip side of this real quick. Teams that have had a very challenging strength of schedule. This is, again, all according to the rankings from footballoutsider.com. Um, and have an easy one moving forward. I think one of the most interesting ones is the 49ers, right? They have the fifth most difficult strength of schedule so far, and we saw them wake up, right? They were all also banged up. They didn't have all their running backs. They didn't have Jimmy G. They didn't have Kittle for on and off a handful of these games. They had the fifth hardest strength of schedule moving uh, in the beginning of the season to this week, moving forward the 30th. So one of the easiest strength of schedules moving forward for me, that screams, you know, let's let's keep buying on them, even though they did just blow out the Rams. What do you think there? Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, look, it's another instance of them. I think you mentioned it before this particular first matchup that they just had, uh, you know, is, is they actually got over the hump, right? They got a win against one of those tougher teams that they faced. Do they start getting healthy and start turning it around? I think you're going to see a lot of these teams gel. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of a mess, you know, probably in the in the AFC too, um, you know, but the NFC in looking at it, there's a lot of teams bunched, you know, three to six, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of four and five records right now. So, you know, that stuff is going to continue to uh, to to be a messy playoff situation, too, as we head to a, a year with seven playoff teams. Yep, big time, man. And so a few other teams here that I'm looking to target the back half of the season because of the strength of schedule discrepancy. The Vikings, they had the ninth most challenging schedule coming into this week, 23rd moving forward. The Seahawks, the fourth, uh, fourth most difficult, 15th moving forward. The Chiefs, eighth most difficult, 19th moving forward. The Chargers, one that I love this week at minus five and a half. The hardest ranked schedule, 31st moving forward. The Titans, second hardest. 32nd moving forward Dolphins 10 to 29 the Lions 7 to 18 and the Texans 3 to 22 and of course there's you know some major concerns there just about overall lack of NFL talent 
on teams like the Texans and the Lions. But either way, you know, I, I was seeing the, the the Lions this week at plus 13 and a half against a, a Browns team that might not have Chubb, might not have Baker, might not have Miles Garrett. I know they look terrible, but is there something to be said that they've played above average talent? And these are still NFL players at the end of the day and two touchdowns almost is, is potentially too much. Look, their coaches come out and cried. They fight every week. They've lost some heartbreakers. They are coming off a tie. Does that finally get them even moving in that direction? Right? Yeah, I don't have any data on, I don't know. Uh, I don't on know. how teams perform after a tie. Uh, yeah, and it was we'll one of the worst games I think I've ever watched, honestly. <laughs> Nobody wanted to win that. That was yeah. just mediocrity. That, that team is not giving up, right? No matter what, right. like you said. I think they haven't at least through the first 10 weeks of the season. And if things start lightening up, maybe that is a benefit for them. But when you look at the pure points... Um, you know, I don't think they need to be in the same categories uh, with the way they've played, you know, of a Jacksonville, of a um, Houston. That's where we see some of these other large spreads, even some of the Jets, right? So the way the Jets have laid down and given up points offensively the last three or four weeks. The Lions don't fit that mold. They keep finding ways to lose, but they're they're definitely hanging in these games a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if I have the uh, the 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 gall the money line, pull the money line? yet. Yeah, the money line plus four thirty eight, I believe it was. Yeah. Not uh, big enough. Yeah, I mean, post that and then you hit it. I'll send you a T-shirt. Anybody yeah. who's listening out there, but of course, bet responsibly. I don't know no. if that could ever be categorized as a responsible bet. Um, but anyway, that's what I'm targeting this week and moving forward, really looking at that discrepancy in terms of strength of schedule and overall mm-hmm. output. Uh, and I think both the picks we have actually really align with that teams that have had tough schedules so far that are perhaps undervalued, starting with the Seattle Seahawks. Hundred percent. So we're going to Seattle. We're going to four twenty-five, and we're going to the first pick of the week. So, uh, first time these two division rivals are matching up this season. They split the season series, both winning at home uh, last year. Seattle was favored in both those games. This time, you get a little bit of a different look, and I think that's largely because of how Seattle has looked this year. You know, they've been bad lately, but I ask, how bad? Um, the record, you know, says one and two while they were out. Mm-hmm. Right. But they were competitive. And I think we talked about that maybe even last week. And then Owen one now with Russell Wilson back in the mix. So they're sitting at three and six again on the outside looking into the NFC playoff picture. But there are a lot of teams bunched up three, six, four to five. And they know they have to make a run now. So right. do you target that football outsiders, you know, strength the schedule knowing we're jumping from fourth or fifth? I think where they were right. Fourth. Yeah, fourth. I guess fourth, fourth to 15th. So they go from, you know, almost one of the, the hardest in the top five hardest to middle of the road from an NFL scheduling standpoint. So I think that helps the mental hurdle. I also just think Russell Wilson, you know, probably came back too early. Uh, He was frankly back sooner than I anticipated. It seemed like this was a a spot in a game he targeted. Um, But to go into Lambeau and face Green Bay as your first Mm -hmm. game back, he did look a little bit rusty. Um, The good news was to talk about Russ for a second. Um, Was his hype video of the return, perhaps the most outrageous video of all time. It looked like the man was coming back from surviving terminal cancer. He had like a, what a sprained finger. It was like like the return begins. It's like, okay, dude, you know, like I, Hey, I'm one for good content. I appreciate him building his brand on all social platforms, but I just couldn't help but chuckle a little bit. We might have to, in in, in the podcast recording, we might have to splice in a little bit of a, uh, Mr. Incredible 
you know, hype video, hype remark, because that whole thing in the offseason was at another level as well. So Russ yeah. is just doing Russ, Russell Wilson things. <laughs> Good stuff. Neither here nor there. If you guys haven't watched that video, go check it out. Go check it out. Again, and then go back well and find done. I was ready go to back run and find Mr. Incredible. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Ready to run through a wall until I, then I realized that he had a, a sprained finger. Yeah. Um, which, you know, neither here Unlimited. <laughs> there it is. Bo, Bo knows. Bo knows. So Good I think. Stuff. That defense has held up, right? They've actually played better, too. Um, you know, they gave up 23 points in an overtime loss to Pittsburgh. They gave up 13 points in a tough loss to New Orleans, a game they covered. Um, they gave up seven points. Again, it was a, a decisive win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe nothing to write home about, but they still got the job done. And then 17 points against the Packers. But Russ threw two red zone picks, which is very unlike Russ, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the Ben don't break defense finally, you know, gave up a late score. I think for a while it was seven, nothing. Right. Um, And then, or three, nothing rather. And then it was two late touchdowns in the second half kind of pushed it to that 17, nothing score. Then you get the overreaction, right? And this line, you know, lands at plus two and a half. And when you look at it here, I just think there's too much uncertainty on the Arizona side. I think you have an Arizona team that from a mental standpoint is trying to get healthy, trying to get right. You probably don't have Kyler for this game. Colt McCoy got banged up in the in their loss against the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Seems like he will play, but who knows how healthy he really is. Uh, mm-hmm. The backup after that is one Chris Streven. Yeah, think. when I heard that name last yeah. week, I said, who? Exactly. I did Ooh. that when I was digging into the box score today. Um, so he's in the mix, right? You probably might not have DeAndre Hopkins again. Um, so if I'm Arizona sitting there in a non-must-win situation versus the kitchen sink game that Seattle's going to face, knowing our bye is coming up, I don't think they're going to risk throwing Kyler out there mm-hmm. uh, with the bye coming up, and I think they're going to try to go get healthy after that. I just don't think you're going to get the effort uh, that's fully there. So the type of game script that I'm looking for is I think you get a better Russell Wilson, uh, a more balanced attack, um, rushing, passing, opening things up for the running game, which is where you want to target the, um, you know, the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, that's what Carolina was able to do um, uh, against them. And I think they also exposed some things in that, that Arizona passing game without Kyler in the mix that, you know, Seattle can continue to do. So Mm -hmm. some interesting trends here too. Ooh, we, get, we might have to talk about Miss Emily's uh, fantasy football performance. But Seattle is 7-4 and four against the spread during the Russell Wilson era as a home dog. So that's Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson. Since 2012, 7-4, good rate against the spread as a home dog. That's obviously the spot here. They're 1-1 one one this year, a loss against the Rams in the game that Russell got hurt, which they were actually very competitive in until he got hurt. Right. Um, and then a cover in a loss against the Saints, 13-10. Over that same span, Seattle, after a loss, 37-12 and 12 for a 75.5% win rate. And Seattle, over that same span in the conference, so Russell Wilson's performance against conference teams and foes, 82-44-1 for a 65.1% win rate straight up. And then a 66-57-4 record against the spread for a 53.7% cover rate. So I actually like Seattle kind of here outright in the kitchen sink spot. I think it's a spot over the years in the Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll era that they've performed well. And I just think it's kind of a, you know, perfect collision of things with the spot Arizona is in heading into the bye, trying to get healthy, not necessarily needing the game. 
versus where Seattle comes in off that drubbing off Russell, maybe rushing back a little bit too soon. So let's go with that. Let's roll with Seattle plus two and a half at home. Maybe a sprinkle on the money line. I like it, man. Do we have any idea if uh, the great Fusini has taken any action on this game yet? I believe the in the text, gambler he, he in... seems like he's interested. He's he's it's percolating. Okay, and you got to appreciate that for any of you guys who are unfamiliar with the great Fusini. One, a Must great follow. guy. Two, Must on follow. a nineteen and zero NFL Sunday run. If my memory serves me right, it might be twenty and one, but some outrageous, outrageous heater right now. The guy is seeing the board better, better than twenty twenty vision, um, and. You know, as we're as I flounder the last few weeks, he is just uh, he's peaking. He's peaking right now, and yeah. uh, hopefully that continues. So, yeah. so if you see him see. on, if you see him on uh, Arizona here, you can you can tail him and just yeah, him the fade dust. And he's coming. All he's coming with. He's coming with. <laughs> he's coming with. I love it. I, I hope he's on the 49ers as well because uh, I like this you know, one. He is an like ultra contrarian and uh, he loves his dogs. Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't know if he'll be with me on this one. But I'm looking at uh, the 49ers here at, at minus six and a half. Uh, you know, one of those, you know, big metrics, the fifth strongest schedule until in, in, in coming into this week and now the 30th easiest beginning now. Uh, and of course, the Jaguars fit right into that. So is this a, perhaps an obvious pick? coming off of that Rams shellacking one that the great Fusini was on at 49ers first half and game for a nice 2-0 board there. But nonetheless, I don't care how public this is. I don't care how obvious this is. Uh, I think the coming out party uh, is is well-deserved. And, you know, I think... One, it starts with health, right? They've got a healthy Jimmy, a healthy Kittle. Their stable of running backs is finally getting there. We saw Jeff Wilson Jr. get 10 carries last week, um, which is good. I mean, he didn't have fantastic results by any means, but it is the Rams' run defense. They, ended up, they had, what, 30, 37 rushes, I believe it was, across their top two running backs, and that's obviously something they love to do. Um, but, you know, the Jaguars' defense here is interesting because they do have a very solid rush DVOA defensively. Um, I said good in my notes here, but in 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 quotes, in parentheses, uh, in quotes, excuse me. Their defense is, is seventh in terms of rush DVOA, but their strength of schedule there is 29th. So it's like what running backs have they really faced? I mean, Mark Ingram and a couple others that are not even worth necessarily naming, although Ingram looked good back on the Saints, and congrats to him for passing Deuce McAllister as the Saints' all-time leading rusher, neither here nor there. But Nolan I wanted Magic. to look... Yeah, amen. I wanted to look at teams here uh, that had a similar offensive rush DVOA as the 49ers, and that only leads us to three. That's the Titans at number 10, the Colts at number five, and the 49ers are number seven. So what did the Titans do? Henry ran for 130 yards on 29 carries. Obviously a beast. What did Taylor do? 21 for 116. What are the 49ers going to do at number seven? You think it would be somewhere in between that. So I think that is super, super important. Um, obviously people picking this point apart will say that they played uh, the Jags played the bills close, but the bills are 18th in terms of offensive rush DVOA with a strength of schedule of 32. So pretty much everything that we're talking about potentially fading, uh, the bills are candidate number one. For yeah. That. And so, until the jets game most recently really was a team that was kind of playing up and down to competition mm-hmm. all year long. You know, yeah, and they're blowing the, out the bad Bills. teams, right? Who have the yeah. Bills faced, man? David Mills, Mike White. I mean, you name it. It's been backup quarterbacks across the board. Hall of Famer, um, Mike White. 
Yeah, true. Yes. And it's too bad they didn't get the Jets this week for the elite Joe Flacco, but right. neither right. here nor there. But, you know, I think at the end of the day here, man, I think this 49ers team is still a little bit underrated. I think because of that number five strength of schedule, um, is this a letdown stop uh, spot in, in, in Jacksonville? I mean, for sure. But at the same time that we can capitalize, I think even with that, the 49ers data-wise are better than one score with the Jaguars. Just breaking down full DVOA here, uh, we've got the 49ers defense at 13th. Uh, interestingly enough, though, if we look at the Jags offense, they're 24th. That's 28th in terms of the pass, two for the rush. They're very good at running the ball, but important to break down that defense number five against the pass number, uh, sorry, number five against the rush. So the, the, this defense should match up very well against the only strength of the Jaguars offense. Uh, and then this offense for the 49ers, again, deceptively good DVA ranked number three, pass number five, rush number seven. Um, so against this Jaguars defense, that's 31st against the paths, seventh against the rush, uh, I think should be a pretty good matchup. So a little bit of a letdown spot, but I think we're buying low, even though the public's going to love them uh, because of the strength of schedule. Uh, and that's definitely going to be a team uh, that we're, we're looking to continue to target throughout the rest yeah, of the season. What, what helps, I think, on that letdown spot is, again, they're four and five. They've underperformed. Right. Right. They have to get hot the same way the three and six Seattle Seahawks. Like, this is a very good division. And I think you have Seattle and the Niners underperforming. You probably have Arizona overperforming and you have the Rams where we expected, right? Maybe a little tad under at seven and three. So I think you're going to get a a big push from all four teams in this division. And I think that helps counter a little bit of the letdown. It's like they can't let up. Um, They have to get every win on this schedule to get back in the races. Big time. Good, and Jimmy G, good stuff, phenomenal, Jimmy G, the handsome, most handsome quarterback in the league. God, I caught a glimpse of him weeks. on the sideline and just couldn't believe what I even uttered out of my out of my mouth <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> He'll be on the front page of the Sport Gambling Twitter. That's true. Edition. It's true. Uh, should we a, should we touch a on a little uh, a quick fantasy football breakdown from our wonderful producer uh, Emily? No context, Emily. I believe is now her no nickname. No context, Emily. Yeah, I heard she's got Russell Wilson on the team, so she's she does. She does. He's going to be cooking uh, this, this next this next Sunday. He's going to get going. Um, also, Saquon Barkley, David Montgomery in the running back spot. So it's been a tough go, I guess, with Saquon. You know, not being in the mix. I don't know how she's been. You know, uh, performing who she's subbed out for for Mr. Barkley, but maybe he gets back on the field. I don't know. Yeah, that, major red flags here. Obviously, you guys can't see this. She's number two in the league, but she's starting at Calvin Ridley, who's out for uh, mental health reasons Forever. indefinitely, uh, as well as a kicker who's out, I think, for at least a few more weeks. So, um, Mr. Uh, Zorloin, let's, let's update right. that roster and get some, get some active players on. Love the DJ say. Moore pick, though, sitting in the flex spot. DJ Moore, a great mm-hmm. wide receiver. Good, good yeah. sneaky Especially late round. Especially Cam uh, back on the mix. Mm. Do you think Cam gets the start this week? I don't. I don't. But I think he'll. I think he'll get in the mix. Although maybe I guess I don't know. What do you think? I, I've I've done zero research on it. I wouldn't yeah, start him I if I was them. I but they either. probably will. Let's check it out. <sighs> He's definitely a better, better, better QB. Anyway, um, I saw you listed a bonus pick here. You want to toss that out for good luck? Or, yeah, I'll or... do two. I'll do two. You know, I'm feeling generous today. I think uh, yeah. bonus picks leans. Follow me on Twitter, and I'll try and get these official. But right now, heavy lean to the Baltimore Chicago Bears under. Okay. Um, I think you're going to get a messy game in Chicago. Uh, I think you get an angry Baltimore defense coming off a loss. And when you really dig into some of the numbers here, I mean, both of these teams want to lean on the rushing attack. When you look at them offensively from a DVOA standpoint, Baltimore's Mm -hmm. third rushing offense versus 16th in the passing game. Chicago 14th, right? Middle of the pack uh, versus 29th in in the passing game. 
But even Justin Fields hasn't proved to be a great ready passer yet. I think he's a very good quarterback and, and growing with time. A um, couple trends. Unders 3-1 and one in Chicago's home games this year. Under also 3-1 and one in Baltimore Ravens away games this year. Interesting. Uh, the under is 3-2 and two after a Bears loss. And the under is three and one after Ravens losses. Again, records those years. So you have both teams coming off a loss. Um, this way, I think both are going to try to establish that running game. Might be first half under, full game under. You know, I'm going to toy with it and, and dig into some of the numbers a, a little bit more. But one final telling fun stat. Again, so many different angles to look at these games. So we'd like to share this stuff with you guys so you can think about it too. When Chicago faces a strong pass rush team, which they've done a few times, <laughs> I'm so tough. Not second, M. Gets a fifth. So they've faced Cleveland, who was second in pass rush win rate. Uh, Tampa Bay, who was fifth. The Rams, who were first. And now they face Baltimore, that is sixth. So those are top six. They faced, will have faced four out of the, the, the top six. Cleveland, they scored six points. Tampa Bay, they scored three points. And the Rams, they scored 14 points. So I don't think you're going to get a ton against this Baltimore defense, especially coming off a loss out of Chicago. Yeah, I certainly hope not, at least. So it's just it's just a matter of what you, you know, maybe what Lamar and the Ravens offense does getting back on track. So mm-hmm. the number's a little bit low. I think it's sitting around 45 or 45 and a half. So yeah, but don't look out. out for uh, Allen Robinson, who had his coming out party. Yeah, he had that stud. 39-yard catch. Mooney's looking pretty good. I don't know. Are they percolating in? I hope not for your bet's sake, but uh, that's why we I play the not. game, right? That's why we get our bets in. Yeah. And I'll Only give you one I'm more NBA sprinkle oh, yeah. for, t- oh, for tonight. Yeah, I saw somebody asking about the NBA in the, uh, yeah. the chat as well. I think uh, I think the Nets coming off that Golden State shellacking uh, mm-hmm. will have a better effort against Cleveland tonight. Could be a place okay. to target team title, team total, first quarter, first half, something to come out hot. Cleveland has been very good in the first half of games, yeah. but – they are now without their uh, stud rookie center point forward, whatever the hell you want to call him, positionless basketball these days. But Evan Mobley has been an absolute mm-hmm. beast, and he's out two to four weeks. Uh, they're a little bit banged up. I think Colin Sexton's out. So I just think it's, it's a bad spot uh, for Cleveland with some of those injuries and a good spot for the Nets coming off a pathetic performance against the Warriors last night. Okay, I like it, yeah. man. All right. Well, that's a wrap for us today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, of course, one last plug. You see this mustache on my face uh, growing out for an organization called Movember. Movember is an organization dedicated to keeping, dedicated to keeping men alive uh, through mental health and suicide prevention, prostate and testicular cancer awareness uh, and early testing. Because quite frankly, men are dying too young. On average, us men die by suicide 3.5x higher than our women allies. Uh, men on average die six years younger. Uh, than women for largely preventable reasons. Uh, alcohol stats are not particularly favorable. Men by die at 2x higher in terms of alcohol-related deaths. 75% of all alcohol-related disorders are also from us men. So, uh, you know, we're trying to raise some money. We're trying to make some difference and, and keep our homies alive. So we're looking to raise $10,000. We're over 7000 already through, what, 17 days. So we're tracking very, very well. Every $5, every dollar, every conversation really helps. Uh, we'll drop some links uh, on our Twitter page if you want to get involved. And Ann and I are both also dedicated to or committing to movement this week because of the links between physical and mental health. Uh, I believe we're both committed to 60 miles. Uh, Correct. 
and 60 miles is, is representing the the once a minute uh, stat. Every 60 seconds, a man dies by suicide globally. So uh, trying to, to move for us and, and move for those who can't uh, and have gone too soon before us. So uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you having conversations with the men in your life to make sure they're okay because oftentimes, you know, with toxic masculinity, uh, being strong, keeping a smile on your face is the default and is what is expected. Uh, and, you know, behind the curtains is perhaps a, a little bit more of a stormy uh, story at the end of the day. So check in with your homies, talk with your parents, talk with anybody. Uh, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. We're always available and uh, we appreciate all the support. But that's it for us today. Two picks, uh, three if you include Ant's bonus pick, which we hope will hit. We'll call it three official podcast plays for the record. We'll update you next week. Uh, this was, this will be, and this always is short-term high volatility investments. 